Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, joining me today to preview the Falcons ahead of the start of training camp, which is coming up very, very shortly, is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, it's been a minute, but how has your summer been? How are you doing, man? It has been a minute. Summer's been great. It's been hot. Not too, too hot, but uh, it, it's Dog, been you're lying already. It's been blazing hot. Are you kidding? Yes. I was, see, here's the thing. I'm supposed to be this big, tough uh, football player who's not, uh, you know, phased by the heat or the cold. But now in my older age, like it gets hot and I get I get like <laughs> upset, like I'm irritated. I'm, I'm visibly annoyed. So this heat, I try to just pretend it's not there. It's not working. I uh, had my my six month old son to myself uh, this past weekend as my wife went out of town for a birthday trip. And we decided to kind of take a trip down to the Beltline. I wanted to, to show him that dad could actually do something and get out of the house and Man, I regretted that immediately. We're going to go meet up with a friend who works as a bartender like a mile and a half away. So I parked the car, was going to just put him in the stroller, walk him down there. It was like 155 degrees on the belt line. And brave. I was trying to like slow jog him. Right. I was I'm sitting here where like can how quickly do babies overheat? I've got a little fan on him. (laughs) You're Googling it. But I was just like, man, the wife goes out of town and he's going to end up in the hospital. Because I'm an idiot and decided to take him outside. This is why you don't leave your house, is the moral of the story. Very good. Very good moral. But I'm glad you survived it. You and your baby uh, made it through. That's important. We did. We made it through. We're going to be around to see another Falcons training camp, which is what is going to be on the docket for today. Basically, I had this idea. Everybody does superlatives at the end of the year, but... I'm a big fan of superlatives. I think they're a fun way to kind of categorize things. So I looked up a bunch of actual high school superlatives and we're going to do okay. some some preseason superlative predictions. All right. We're going to basically name the the people, the players, the position yep. groups that we feel best um, fits the certain description that I will throw out here um, a little bit later on. But Ovi, how does that sound? You ready for it? It sounds great, man. We got to, at some point, beginning or end, go through what our superlatives were, because I, I had a couple <laughs> thrown my way, and I'm sure you did it as well in your high school. Yeah, I, I did have a couple. Um, you know, they're, they're not the, I'm sure they're not as cool as, as the ones that, that you were lauded with. Uh, I'm sure that the, they yeah. weren't, I wasn't like Mr. All World. Um, but, but yeah, we can, we can get to that uh, at the end. But first, BetOnline is your number one source for all your online betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. How about Wimbledon? Wimbledon is going on right now. Me and the little guy caught a lot of Wimbledon this weekend. It's a great uh, sport, I think, for babies to watch. I don't know. I'm making that up, but (laughs) it sounds great. Uh, It sounds great on the read. So Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Ovi. So 
Before we start listing off some superlatives, I do just want to ask, like, as a former player, what are you doing right now on July 11th? You've got camp coming up at the end of the month, but you're in this dead period, yeah. truly, between OTAs and mini camp, and, and you've got like a month and a half window to really get away where nobody's going to kind of bug you. So where is Ovi Mihaly circa 2009? Yeah, right Ugh. now. Wow. So um, I learned my lesson that you always want to and have to and really should take some time off because it's going to be a long season and the chance to really unplug and kind of just de-stress is uh, not going to come for a, a while. But you don't want to go too far because I've had guys go too far and, you know, things happen and you lose your passport or <laughs> uh, somebody gets uh, sick or you sprain an ankle you're in a foreign land and you can't get on a plane because your ankle might swell up i've heard all types of things where people are worried where's so-and-so where's so-and-so and usually there's the stars because the stars feel like oh i'm untouchable i can do anything and they get real uh brazen when it comes to their uh activities but no i'll, I'll go to i'll drive to charleston and uh, visit my parents relax and get a little dose of home or I'll uh, go to Lake Lanier, uh, something close, or I'll Careful. have a staycation. No. Stay away from Lake yeah, Lanier. Yeah, well, true. true. Lake Lanier probably Lake isn't Lanier. that safe. <laughs> that could be a death trap. But no, I, I always did something within a well, one, two mile radius where I could drive and it could be safe. But these guys need to relax. It's going to be a long season, especially now they have 17 games, mm -hmm. long season. Yes. I mean, definitely on paper and hopefully even more than that, right? Like uh, that. that is where true. you... You hope that when the book is written on the 2023 season that that they're yeah, it's looking back at the summer and it's saying, man, even then we knew we had something and everybody was yeah. just locked in and we couldn't wait for training camp to start. Like you hope it's one of those because the Falcons kind of need uh, one of those. And it, it does it's feel time. like, yeah, it's time. Right. And there, there could be it's a little time. bit of a collision of all of these factors, be it the ability to spend money this offseason, be it kind of starting that quarterback dial a little bit earlier than you expected. And so now Desmond Ritter is going into year two in kind of that big mm -hmm. year, and it allows you to add your offense with the B. John Robinson. So there's a lot of reasons why this year seems like the culmination. So let's go ahead and get into talking about this uh, Falcons unit as they, again, prepare to go into training camp. And the first superlative that I want to throw out there for you is the most athletic. Who on the Falcons, be it a player, or be it a position group, is the most athletic. So, Mr. William McFadden, uh, this one is almost too easy because I people are athletic, but you're always the most athletic when you're young, when you're new, when you're fresh, when you haven't had people hit you like this all the time. Because that happens in the NFL a lot. And this young man, Bijan Robinson, is the most athletic guy, I think, on the team. I won't say by far, but because everyone's athletic in the NFL, but from what you see from college and what you know he can do and the ability for him to be all over the field, we all have high expectations for this young man. And because of his athleticism on the college level, which I hope translates to the NFL, I think it can because speed is it's hard to not have speed translate. If you're fast, you're fast. The other fast people around you might catch up quicker, but <laughs> you're fast. And this guy's got the speed, the agility, the quickness, that fast twitch muscle. Athleticism is probably his middle name. I don't know what his middle name is, but it might be athleticism. <laughs> it's it's actually Bijan Dijon uh, Robinson. But, uh, 
No, it's no, a, that makes sense. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a great pick, right? If you're, you went literal with this, which is, is an exceptional way to go about this. Although I, <laughs> I would sit here and argue that if we were going to go literal, like Troy Anderson may still be the pick, even though I know that you hate all Troys out there. That's been established. Um, oh, it's, it's Anderson's all of them. Exactly. All the Troys. Uh, but the 40 yard dash for Bijan four, four, six. I mean, his relative athletic score, which just, kind of tries to put all this down to a number is a 9.85 out of 10. So yeah, he is incredibly athletic. It's one of the reasons why obviously the Falcons want to add him to this offense, but the versatility is also a form of athleticism and Bijan Robinson is extremely versatile. So it's a great pick. It's part of the reason why my choice for this uh, superlative is just the tight end room in general, because I think, yeah, the unicorn on this team is Kyle Pitts still, right? Any though? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just everything that he brings to the table. I think he's weirdly gotten more athletic because I think he's become a better blocker. So I think that the strength and the balance and things like that have expanded. Like he's built out that skill tree a little bit. And then you look at a player like Janu Smith, who I think is very overlooked, right? Because things didn't work out in New England. Just go look at who their offensive coordinators were last year. Like the fact that I had to say coordinators is the issue. That part. So yeah. I don't really put a ton of stock into what John U. Smith did in New England. What I do put a lot of stock in is what he did in Tennessee. And he yep. averaged about 13 yards a catch uh, there during the 2019 season with Arthur Smith. I will take that. He's really good yards after the catch. He ran uh, a 4.62. His relative athletic score is a 8.29. So your backup tight end is still a, an incredible athlete. And then the other two tight ends, they have Felipe Franks, Parker Hesse. Not going to like blow you out of the water. Pure athleticism wise, although Felipe Franks, you know, you could for a quarterback, he was very athletic. Um, but the versatility there, again, is just another form yeah. of athleticism. But let's be honest, it's really just all about Kyle Pitts here. With this yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is, uh, man, that rookie year came out there just grown manning people with the stiff yep. arms and the strong catches and you know ripping balls away. It reminds you a little bit of Roddy White, a little bit of Julio, a lot of bit of awesome. And so to <laughs> think that that guy is built on his success and learn how to hopefully prepare in the offseason, you know, find the ways to you know tweak uh, some of the. Now, I won't say low lights or deficiencies he has, not many, but as a veteran, you find your deficiencies, no matter how small they are, and you turn mm-hmm. those weaknesses into strengths. That's how you get better. That's how you keep the uh, young guys away. But he's still young. So I think Kyle Pitts is a great pick, very athletic, and you know, the whole tight end room, but especially him, explosiveness, you know, coming out of his ears. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great point because when you are young, right, you can work on everything. The, everything yeah. is available for you to work on, but some areas progress faster than others. And so you do reach a point where it's can be kind of peaks and valley-ish. And it's like, yeah. all right, I've got this part of my game locked in. I really need to work on this one. And it's, it may be in basketball. It's like a turnaround jumper. I just need to add this element to that, to my game. And then I'll flush it out. I think you combine what Kyle Pitts had in year one and year two, man. Now we got a stew going to uh, quote yeah. Carl Weathers and the, uh, Arrested Development, one of my favorite uh, favorite shows of all time. So let's keep going. It's way better than just good. God, I can't even believe it. 
Um, <laughs> I've never seen it actually. I've never seen Arrested Development. Oh, I would check out definitely the early seasons. Uh, so, so, so good. Um, second superlative here. I'll go first, uh, Ovi. Although I'd be shocked if we if if we have the same one, I won't be shocked. Let me put it that way. But most right. likely to succeed, very popular superlative. Mm-hmm. It's the running back room, right? It, yeah. It's it's just you could say the run game writ large, but the running back room. And I, I pulled this stat, and it's I know last year I talked a lot about the fact that the offensive line was really the engine behind the running game, not necessarily yeah, the running backs. And I still believe that. I think that that is still true. However. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, based on Football Outsiders, two key stats: defensive adjusted uh, defense adjusted yards above replacement (DYAR) and defense adjusted value over average (DVOA), which you hear uh, pretty often. Tyler Algier ranked fifth in both of those among all running backs in the league. Cordero Patterson ranked sixth and second, respectively. So wow. they kind of define this, the simple version, and this is a quote, D-Y-A-R, defense-adjusted yards above replacement, means a running back with more total value, just value, mm-hmm. period. DVOA means a running back with more value per play. So on a per-play basis, Cordero Patterson was the second best running back in terms of value. Tyler Algier was wow. fifth. On just a value over the course of the season, fifth and sixth. So. The offensive line was great. Those two running backs were still outstanding by themselves. And then you add Bijan Robinson to the mix. Yeah. Like you just <laughs> said. So there, there's no way that like it's just two, two systems, the offensive line and the running backs operating at a very high level. Even if one of them takes a step back towards earth, like I think that there's plenty of opportunity here for the running backs to still just cook, whether it's through the air, whether it's in the past, like they are going to be the focal point of this offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's two sides of the same coin. Uh, most likely, likely to succeed for all the reasons you mentioned. I picked the offensive line because I already <laughs> talked about Bijan and the uh, the running back starting up. I don't want to stay too heavy and be too biased, being that you know I was a running back and I love running backs and they're the most <laughs> important position in football. Uh, I didn't want to do too much. I had to put my analyst hat on and give some love to everybody else. The offensive line was dominant. You you mentioned that you spoke very heavily about how they were the reason Algiers was having success, but it's both. And I'm fine with both being outstanding because, because you're going to need both to be there for a rookie quarterback, not a rookie quarterback for a young quarterback. It's going to the second there year, but as long as the running game is there, he can be average and standard and we can still win a lot of games. And that running game is going to be there because running backs aren't going to, be worse, they're going to be better than those numbers you mentioned. And the offensive line isn't getting worse. You get better when you have more time together, when you have time to gel, and when you're already building on top of an amazing season, one that no one else thought that you could do, except mm-hmm. for the guys in that room. A thousand-yard rusher that year when we were supposed to win two games? Come on now. Like, the offensive line, Chris Lindstrom and, and, and company, they're, they're all, like, little Viking beasts that are going to I think show up and show out. So I'm excited to watch him play. I'm curious. What what do you think? And we can make this a little bit of a quicker tangent, but obviously that's a lot of mouths to feed in a running back room. It is. What would the energy Too much, be? I thought. Yeah. What would the energy be like that in, in, a, in a room like that? So it depends on your guy. If you got some a uh, bunch of Chad Ocho Cinco's and you got some Terrell Owens, you know, uh, divas in the running back room, 
it's going to be a problem. Right. Because somebody's sure. going to be sitting on the sideline just, <laughs> you know, rubbing their head and, you know, beatboxing and <laughs> about they're not in the game. They're not getting touches. Yeah. They're not doing what they think they can do to help the team. With the guys we got, and again, Bijan, again, I've never met him. Just seen interview after interview, her person after person, his coaches Rave about talk him. about him. He seems like, and that's who they are bringing to the Falcons, a quality human being, mm-hmm. a quality guy. Like Desmond Ritter, you know, Kyle Pitts, you know, all the Tyler guys are bringing in. Yeah, Tyler Algiers, all super quality people. So I don't think there's an issue with how they're going to fight over who gets what. I think they're all going to be encouraging each other, which is always great. Mm-hmm. Seeing guys cheer each other on and be excited for their chance to shine and, you know, have a playful competitive uh competitive nature to where you're like all right you got that i'm gonna get this oh you went off i'm gonna go off too. try to match each other rather than crabs the barrel mentality so i think that's really gonna help the team and help the running back room the fact that they're all i think good natured people you you just made me think of this and i'm gonna try to land this analogy but every four years when i get around to watching gymnastics mm-hmm. in the olympics one of my favorite aspects of that is like each one has their specialty whether it's yep. the uneven bars or whether it's the pommel horse or you know man i'm just pulling out some gymnastics terms you know the the floor routine yeah i know my stuff what's up and (laughs) they they each have their like own specialty but it contributes to the overall well-being of team usa right and even if they're competing against each other quote unquote like in a certain specific skill again it's kind of best ball here we're going to take the best score and it's going to go over to the overall team thing. I hope they take that mentality where it's like Cordero Patterson, you got your specialty, Tyler Algier, you know, your role, Bijan, we're sprinkling you in everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. you're that special sauce. Um, I hope that, I hope it's kind of like that. And yeah, it's, it's a little bit, we're urging each other on and competing at the same time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think offensive line and running backs, there's going to be a lot of tandem success there. So it's a great pick on your end. Um, third superlative here. We've got seven total, so we're almost halfway. Um, but best dressed, another very common superlative. For this one, I, I'm putting in parentheses, but it, it's just going to be like the best looking group coming off the bus. Right. Mm. It, it's just like, yeah. man, those guys. <clears throat> uh, I don't want to see them in three and a half hours. Yeah. Um, so this guy, uh, I think I've seen him. I go to a lot of uh, nonprofit philanthropic events, and he's like Mr. Philanthropy and Mr. Nonprofit, and always comes so clean, so sharp. And to be a big man and to be able to dress this good, I guess it helps when you have lots and lots of money. Uh, Grady Jarrett has been the best dressed, and he comes off the bus, the plane, looking clean, sharp, ready ready to go, you know, hair ready, you know, saying, I just, just. It's the hair. There. The hair is always is the hair is immaculate. always tight, yeah. dope. Whatever he's doing with it, you know, he makes sure that he get it tight, but not too tight, so I can see the the massive, compact dominance that is Brady Jarrett when he walks in. It's like a walking fire hydrant. No, he's not like in Dominican Sue where he's just a massive man, but Brady Jarrett in his again, you got Dominican Sue, you got the stray hands, whatever. You squeeze them down into a ball of energy. That's, that's what he is. Cause he doesn't stop. He doesn't has a crazy motor. And you would think a big 350 pound office lineman pulling is going to just move him from a spot. He is just, just a stone 
does not move. You can't uproot that tree stump and has been dominating not just as a big D tackle, but with the moves getting inside, all that big body moving. Yeah, Grady Jarrett, he, he's got to be best dressed because he, he he comes to play and he looks good doing it. Oh, yeah. And he also, you know, he mentioned um, recently, I want to say it was Chris Long's uh, Green Light podcast about the gradient jerseys and saying that the key is you got to wear white, uh, white cleats, white gloves with the gradient jerseys because that's what makes him look the best. So he's got best dress on and off the field covered. He's thinking. I love that. pick. Yeah, yeah he's, he's four steps ahead. He's playing a 3D chess. Chess. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I so I also picked defense for this one. I went with the outside linebackers specifically. I mean, I guess we all call them edge players now, but I, I pulled the numbers. Lorenzo Carter, 6'5", 264. Bud Dupree, 6'4", 269. Arnold Evacati, the smallest one here, 6'2", 250. But his arms, long as hell. D'Angelo Malone, 6'3", 246. Ade Ogundeji, 6'4", 251. I like those body types. These are a lot of big, tall, lean, long dudes yeah. that they're going to be able to just kind of send some shadow monsters off the edge every <laughs> once in a while Love and it. pair them with a Calais Campbell, with a, you know, a, a Taquan Graham, a Grady Jarrett, a David Onyemata. So it's going to be a mix of like big tree trunk dudes and then just yeah. like these long limbed, let's get after it. Uh, so yeah, Keep them guessing. I, I, you know, again, you went more literal, but that makes a lot of sense because you've literally been with Grady Jarrett many times when he's looking awesome. Oh, yeah. um, yep. I went a little more in my head. I could just picture these guys coming off like, you know, the starting five, like the bad boys, uh, bad boy Pistons. Um, yeah. So, you know, teach their own. But let's move on to the uh, to the next one. The best bromance superlative. Ovi, who you got oh, for this? Man. This is exciting because we saw a, a, a snippet of it last year. We wanted more. Everybody wanted to see more of the bromance. And this year, we're going to get a full dose, a full season of our guy, Drake, and our quarterback. Like Those pick. two guys yeah. Yeah, those two guys together are, are going to be like, just bromance couple to where you're like, you can't have one without the other. It's peanut butter and jelly. Like You, you want it to be one of the, the Steve Young, Jerry Rice. You, you can think about one of the greats, like even Matt Ryan and Roddy White. Like that, that was a bromance to where Roddy loved Matt. Matt loves Roddy to this day. Those guys, each other out, the way they talk about each other, like they are real good friends outside of the football field, all in the football field. I think, uh, um, you know, Drake and um, Desmond Ritter, I don't know why his name was like for Desmond Ritter <laughs> D &D, and, and Drake D &D. London. D &D. Yeah. Uh, D, oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, D&D &D &D, uh, for our Dungeons and Dragons lovers. Those two are going to be such good friends, and they already are from you know what you've seen and what you've heard. Yep. But it's a lot easier to be friends on the field when you're having success. I think they're going to have a lot of success and have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, when you're having fun playing football, it, it gets it gets scary. It gets dangerously fun because that's when you have things happen. Good things happen without even trying. Sometimes you get great things happen, and you were just expecting good things. Like it, it just it just snowballs into. Yeah. I know what he's thinking. He knows what I'm thinking. We hang out so much. You know, we play Madden together. And I know that when he sees this guy leaning inside, he's going to lean inside, go out, all that stuff, all that practice. It just becomes so much tighter when you have a tight bond. And, and those two, they're going to have just that. And I mean, the Falcons could definitely benefit uh, from something like that. But we saw it for so many years there with Matt and Julio. Uh, yeah. And Matt and Matt Tony and for a little while yeah. there. Um, definitely in the earlier years. 
So best bromance, I I really, really, really wanted to put down the original best bromance, um, 2008, when Ovi Mihaly met Michael Turner, um, and the rest <laughs> is history. A, that was a solid bromance. You know, I, I spoke to Mike uh, uh, last week. Uh, him and Jerry is my running back. Those are my guys, man. Those are my, you know, I'm big brother. They're little brother. I got to make sure I take care of my guys. But no, we we really got on the same page. And there were times you, you watched me and Mike run. Mike knew what I was going to do before mm-hmm. I did it. Sometimes I know that Mike's going to read this this way. And so rather than cutting the guy, I'm going to stay up and just give him a two-way go. And we had that understanding. And it, it, it was fun. And because we hung out, you know, we, we uh, went to – um, have adult beverages and went out, you know, <laughs> just, you know, just, just have a good time outside the field. We, we built a bond to where he can pick me up. He can be honest with me. I can say, Hey man, we need more out of you. Or yeah. this is the fourth quarter. Let's do it. It's four minute uh, drill. And, and that allows you to do things that guys who are just colleagues, just business friends just can't right. do. I think uh, we're going to see uh, a bromance that pays dividends on the football field with our QB and our wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, you do need that level of trust. And and that's something that I think my pick, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, have oh, formed, good. you know, through, uh, since they came into the league together uh, in, what was that, 2018, 2019? Calvin Ridley was 2018. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I mean, last year, especially in the run game, you really felt their ability to affect two levels of the defense, to not just seal off the edge specifically, but really to then climb and get a linebacker or a safety caught up in the mix, extend these runs, turn these three yard runs into like seven yard runs and really kept the Falcons kind of moving ahead of schedule. I I think that Chris Lindstrom's his ability to pull the athleticism that he has and he can be, he was literally on a couple of plays allowed Jake Matthews to be a pin player, allowed the tight end to be a pin player. Then he pulled as the lead blocker. Um, I think it was, against Pittsburgh. I'm forgetting. Maybe it was Devin Bush. Um, no, he's down in no Devin White's in, in Tampa, but this is great podcasting. Anyway, he's there as the lead blocker and, and just does an amazing job. So those two guys, I'm really excited. They stay together and Caleb McGarry is back uh, because who wants to break up that bromance? You can't do that. Bad TV. <laughs> Bad TV. <laughs> no, uh, Love Island continues on uh, here in Atlanta. <laughs> All right, most uh, most school spirit. I'm going to start uh, with this one, and it's very easy it, for me. It's Cordero Patterson, right? It is Mister yeah. Recruiter himself. Uh, the dude, anytime a free agent of any name gets mentioned on Twitter, he's dropping in the DMs. He's saying, "Come on down to Atlanta. Magic City has the best wings. Let me show you around." <laughs> Um, I wouldn't know. I heard. I heard that's true. Uh, <laughs> no idea. I just read the papers. So, uh, so he's Mister School Spirit. Uh, what What about you, Ovi? Uh, so yeah, I had another guy who was uh, full of spirit and full of life, and uh, I, I, I had a chance to sit with him during the Walter Payton Man of the Year Awards uh, a year or so ago. Tyler Algiers. He, he's my School Spirit guy because he is pumped up and jacked up and excited when you see him finish his runs. He's always pumping nice. his fist. He's yep. always getting the guys going. He's always clapping them up. It seems to be, eh, maybe I'm just getting biased, but the running backs are cheering the defense on when they're on the field, more than any other group. I think the offensive linemen are just all together. They're looking at the plays and the looks and the wide receivers looking at it with the quarterback and the running backs are, are out there doing it. And, you know, I think Tal Algiers, but also Keith Smith, uh, the fullback. Yeah, yeah. he, he's one of the, you know, uh, maybe even an even bigger uh, cheerleader than, than Tyler because we are, 
little more rested than everybody else because unfortunately we don't play every single down of offense. We, we come in first and second or first or depending on what the drive is. And so you'll see the fullback, whether it was me, uh, you'll see Keith. If you go to the stadium <laughs> and when you see that guy waving the towel, yeah. standing on top of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the benches, it's the fullback almost all the time. <laughs> Tal just does it a lot, but Keith does it all the time. He knows that the more you can do. So fullbacks, we want to do <laughs> a lot, and we will do special teams. We do fullback, kickoff cover, kickoff return, and we're the cheerleader. We're the guy waving the towel. We're the guy getting everybody up. And <laughs> it's funny. I went to like four games last year every time where they're saying, louder, louder, get the defense louder. They show Keith Smith, hands up, running around. So, yeah. I'll give, I'll give Tyler honorable mention, but I have to go with Keith. I switched last second. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's such great. I, I know that you're being facetious, but like I could so see because you see it on special teams too. Keith Smith is yeah. the first one over. If he didn't make the tackle, he is yeah. the first dude over to the dude who did make the tackle. Um, you, you got you got to have a lot of energy. You got to you got to <laughs> have a lot of love for the game because we do the brutal, dirty work of the game. So you got to love the game, love your team, and most fullbacks have that. They're not like introverted quiet people no we're we're loud i i, I was loud I, I was talking to everybody john abraham let's go Jeff, let's go abe come on let's go defense no babino let's, let's do this and i was going out there slapping everybody and whether they wanted to or not i was trying to hype them up because i wanted to win fullbacks are always sticking their nose into everything man that's what y'all yeah. do that's what y'all do that's what we do um all right we got two left here uh most likely to break a world record Obviously, not a world record is what we're talking about here, but just a, a team record, a yeah. Falcons record. Um, I mean, if you want to say an NFL record, you can be so bold. But uh, what what is your pick for the player or the element of this team? I, I like to, uh, you know, get some variety of things. But in this one, I, I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do anything except for what you chose with the rushing offense for yep. all the reasons we mentioned. Uh, it's just an embarrassment of riches and with all the numbers, you know, in the beginning, you mentioned about how effective and how good offensive line is and how uh, really just dependable our, our running backs are. And whether one is having an off day, you have two superstars that can go off and will go off at any time. So I think we did a thousand yards with one guy, Tyler Algiers. Now we have Three guys who are going to be healthy and rearing to show each other what they can do. Again, there's nothing wrong with some friendly competition. We're going to have a lot of that there because all these guys are competitive. I think offense, you know, breaks some records and we do some real numbers out there. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be anything other than the rushing offense. But I do have a question for you. Yeah. Do you know which season was the number one in Falcons history, the best rushing offense um, in team history? What season was that? Oh, um, I want to think and hope that it was one of the years me and Mike were there. But uh, I know that we had some good years before us. But I'd say our best season uh, was you were 13 and three. So maybe that 2010 year. Close. No, but it is. In that decade, do we count to the 2010 is the start of a new decade, but it's in that millennium. 2009? 2006, the year before you joined. The, oh, uh, dang, the damn, it's not ours. Oh, I want to say So if it was a year before I joined. That was the, that was the DVD offense, Dunn, Vic, Dunn. That was oh, Warwick okay. Dunn, Michael Vick, DJ Duckett. Well, all right, that makes sense. Rushing, because, uh, yeah, because Vic was... Matt Ryan's not putting up Michael Vick's numbers. And Vick right. added a lot to our rushing numbers. Uh, Matt added a lot to our passing numbers, but 
didn't do much for rushing. Uh, yeah, Vic was amazing. I want to say that sense. was the first year in NFL history that a quarterback and a running back both topped 1,000 yards. So insane. But I will say last year is the second most in franchise history. The Falcons had 2,718 rushing yards. That's the second most. With Marcus Mariota? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. I think our, our listeners didn't know that either, or our viewers. We, they can see us now, too. Uh, I doubt people would get that trivia question. What's the second most years uh, rushing yards for a uh, Falcon season? No one's choosing last year when we were supposed to win two games, but that's amazing. And how, how great is that to build, build on that? Because I think we're going in the right direction. So it's, that's, that's great. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's kind of a little bit of just the they had the most rushing attempts in the league last year. Like it, it is a product of you're not breaking off 75 <laughs> yard runs all the time, but just that repetition, yeah. just constantly hitting it. But now you're adding such an explosive player like a B. John Robinson to True. this with a Tyler Algier and you're going to free up Cordero Patterson to do so. And Caleb Huntley eventually would be back in the mix, you would think. So the rushing offense is going to be amazing. I wanted to say Drake London actually, because I think for your points earlier sure. that his connection with Desmond Ritter and just the target share that he's going to get, like they have other options to throw to, but outside of wide receiver, it's, yeah. it's him. It's Mac Hollins. It's Scotty Miller, but like, it's really Drake London. It's just that Julio Jones had 136 targets in 2015, which is the most in franchise history and wow. or receptions. Sorry, not targets receptions. Okay. And Devontae Freeman was second that season with 73. So basically, Julio Jones almost had twice as many as the next highest person. I don't think that's ever going to be topped, even in a 17-game season. Um, So rushing offense it is. Last superlative here, Ovi. I will let you do the honors again. What is the player or unit most likely to quietly take over the world? I'll say the player, but he's going to make his unit, um, I think, do the exact same thing. And again, a little bias. Uh, Jesse Bates, Wake Forest Demon Deacon. There you go. I think him coming to the defensive backfield and with what he brings with this team who's desperately wanting to break through on the defensive side, especially defensive backfield side, he's going to be a quiet conqueror where people are going to feel uncomfortable going through the middle of the field because of how he can hit. People are going to be surprised when he gets more interceptions than a little bit and people are going to start treating the Falcons defense especially our defensive backfield with some gosh darn respect <laughs> and Jesse's bringing that to our team and I'm I'm excited because as long as I've known the Falcons it's always been the defense almost always been the defense that's holding us back and our rushers can't get to the ball because we can't often depend on our defenders to defend uh, our defensive backfield to to cover that long They're like all right we got Hurry up, and they're not afraid. Quarterbacks don't fear. <laughs> no one comes into Atlanta back. Oh, I'm so scared of the Atlanta defensive backfield. Oh, I'm so worried. Yeah, we got we got some quarterbacks, you know, making some noise. But in the safety space, we've had some average to good players. Jesse's great. You know that that guy could be a Pro Bowler, and I think will be a Pro Bowler in a Falcons uniform. And I think that he's going to kind of be that that linchpin, that that key piece that really sets off our defensive backfield. I could not agree more. I'm really glad that you brought him up because we should talk about secondary a little bit. And I, I think that he and Jeff Okuda and Mike Hughes, a lot's being talked about those three additions, but really it's Jesse Bates and and just what yeah. he's going to do being the eagle eyes back there, but also being a big asset in the run game. 
I've been listening to a great five-part uh, documentary put together by The Athletic, um, hosted by Jordan Rodrigue, called The Play Callers. And it's basically a look at Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, um, Mike McDaniel, like that group, Raheem Morris, um, mm. that group who came up in Washington and kind of have now gone over to or gone around the NFL and well, like taken over the NFL, yeah, right? Yeah. They talk about the 2016 season, Kyle Shanahan, like just the evolution of all of this. It has gotten me so excited from a schematic standpoint to watch this team and to see how Ryan Nielsen and this defense kind of evolves with new players and new ingredients in the mix. So I cannot wait to see what the secondary looks like, what these new flavors and, and abilities that Jesse Bates, certainly at safety, allow somebody like AJ Terrell to do or Jeff Okuda mm-hmm. on the other side. Like, it's just going to be so much fun, man. Um, so that's a great pick. I have the interior defensive line as my selection. I think that there's a chance it becomes very noisy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, Grady Jarrett can, can be very noisy in a game if he wants to be. But yep. I just, I kind of think that Taquan Graham continuing to improve. Uh, hopefully he comes back and he looks the same uh, post-injury as he did pre-injury. But then David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett being in there. I just think those are three really good players. Calais Campbell, I think, could probably slide in as well and play some three technique or like, you know, maybe a four eye or something like that. A, a little bit more of an interior position. So I just like the crop of, of players that they have there. That's a solid pick. No, uh, D-line, we've talked about them a lot, and we've been waiting for a Falcons D-line to really, not just one player, Grady Jarrett, dominate, but to have the sacks that go with a dominating defensive line. And I think that they can really step up their game with all the pieces that our wonderful GM has brought together because he can ball the budget, and he's got (laughs) some really nice names that I think will help us uh, have that quality uh, defense that we've been wanting for a while. Yeah, hopefully it's it's a little bit more of a balanced team, right? Hopefully the defense yeah. rises up a little bit, even if the offense is not world beating like it was in 2016, even if they're not, you know, the number one rushing offense or what have you. Even just being closer to like the eighth best, best offense, the 14th best defense. Boom, yeah. let's be a great overall team. That's how you win championships. Um, but it's the start. It is just the start of another long season. We are right around the corner, Ovi. And from here on out, uh, it's going to be a little bit touch and go as to when exactly these podcasts are going to be coming out during training camp because news can happen at any time. If a player gets hurt, yep. I may pop on and, and do a quick 15 minutes. But generally, I think the schedule for the season is going to get back to that Thursday, Sunday, Kate, or Thursday, Monday cadence, excuse mm-hmm. me, where you'll you'll get something uh, you know, either Thursday night, bright and early Friday morning, and then a recap um, Monday morning from the game with Ovi and I. Ovi will be back Sunday nights to join me to do all of that. Um, anything else on your end, Ovi, before we get out of here? Nah, man, I, I've just, uh, I have enjoyed the buildup to this season. Yes. I, I've, uh, you know, killed some time with some uh, some anime and with some Netflix <laughs> and with some, some great shows and uh, now I'm ready to watch the best show, which is football. And now I think football fans, it, they're also sad after the Super Bowl because only one team wins and they're all like, what do I watch for months and months? <laughs> but now it's no question about what you watch. Football's around the corner and people can smell that, you know, football grass in the air, you know, the, the mud and the cleats and 
all the the sweat and the the grind. It, it's it's gritty football <laughs> coming that, up, baby. Yeah, pe- people are excited to to have that kick off because I think what it's a couple of weeks you'll have that first uh, preseason game and it's, it's on and popping. So yeah, I'm excited about football, man. And I am too. And and for the first time since you and I have done this, we're going on year three now. I am not going to be Johnny Raincloud. The optimism is warranted. There's going to be a good team. You know what? Let's go. That part. Yeah. That part. Because we we both are just like, oh, man, those gosh dang Falcons. Nah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited about this year. And, and, we, and we, we have like some quiet, subtle optimism that is really almost forced at times because you <laughs> want to believe that. But now it's like we gotta show genuine. It's authentic. Yeah. And I, I, I look forward to really having some fun and, and getting people excited about these Falcons for a uh, for good reason. So yeah, football. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> football. Um, all right. Well, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. As always, please follow us on the socials, check out the YouTube channel, like and subscribe, tell everybody all of that good stuff. Um, football is back. We're gonna be back next week. So stay tuned for that. But until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.